Episode 1, Frugality 101. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Hey guys, I'm Jen. And I'm Jill. And we are so excited to welcome you to the inaugural Frugal Friends Podcast. And Frugal Friends Friday because alliterations. So, So we're so excited to finally be sharing this. How are you feeling, Jill? I'm feeling really excited because we've been doing this for a couple months now. And so to finally get to share it with other people is just so exciting. Yes. Um, I, I am super stoked to share with you what Jill and I have been like talking about and dreaming about for the Frugal Friends podcast. And you're going to get a lot of that in this first episode. We're going to go through what we uh, believe frugality is. We're going to go through what our different segments will be and introduce you to those and then also introduce you to us because you can't have friends if you don't know them and don't know who they are. Good point, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. I'll ha- I'll be sharing more wisdom and insight <laughs> like that for the rest of the duration of the podcast. I look forward to that. Cool. Um, But yeah, so uh, Jill and I got started on this journey because we are friends who met and bonded over frugality. And it was a funny story how we met Jill. Would you like to tell it? Yeah, sure. Eric and I were living in our motor home at the time because that was one of the frugal decisions that we've made in our lifetime. And we went on a road trip and Eric put out when we were in the St. Pete area on Facebook, like anybody in the St. Pete area want to hang out tonight? And you, Jen, went out on a limb and happened to say, yeah, we are going to watch the sunset at this bar on the beach. Come hang out. Um, And you had met Eric like years ago through band stuff and... Uh, neither one of you really remembered who each other was, but you were Facebook friends. That's kind of how that goes. Um, then we were both like, sure, we'll be in a public space. So if anything happens, you know, that's weird. We can just leave. Yeah. Um, but turns out we shared French fries and conversation and yeah. And really bonded a lot over like our desire to be debt free and to live a more simplified life. Um, and, and other things, obviously we just like each other. I like you at least. And your, I like hu- and you your husband. <laughs> I also, yeah, I like both of you. Uh, yeah. I had met Eric one time, uh, maybe eight years ago and was not sure how I met him. I knew it was in San Diego, but I could not tell you how we met and to this day, but, (laughs) but you were friends on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. We were friends on Facebook. So I'm glad I, I went out on a limb because this has such been, this has been such a great like friendship. And I feel like I tell people when I'm talking about like you and Eric that you guys are like our soul couple. We're like soulmate yes. couple. So 
Yeah, uh, we're we, just interested in so many of the same things, um, including recording this podcast. But yeah, yeah, like we went out to yard sales and thrift stores and yes. hung out at all kinds of free places. And it just yeah. blossomed, blossomed from there. Yeah. So then when you guys like moved back to Pennsylvania and out of your RV, we visited you guys and seriously a podcast was not on my radar at all i am a writer and definitely not a public speaker but eric was just adamant that we should start a podcast about frugality and saving money so we kind of just like went with it and we've we've really come up with something that i think will be really useful to people not just fun for us, which we do have a lot of fun, like mm-hmm. just hanging out and, and talking in Google Hangouts, but we think that it's really going to be useful to a lot of people. There's not really a podcast out there that is about just different areas where you can save money on or just optimize your spending and mm-hmm. be a more conscious consumer. So mm-hmm. we feel well, like it's unique in that sense. Yeah, which is one of the things, Jen, that you and I had talked about when we were like conceptualizing what this podcast was going to be like. And so I went on this whole like podcast tour. I am not one to listen to many podcasts, but I get it. Um, I get the draw for people. So I started to engage more in specifically financial podcasts. And first of all, I found that there are not many female-led podcasts just across the board. And if they if there are, they're about like celebrities and like what was on TV the night before, like and nails and makeup. And that's just not my cup of tea. But the ones that were about um, like financial independence and that kind of a thing. I, I liked it and I felt like I, I could learn from it. But at the same time, I also found that so it, it was almost like they were talking to that specific audience of financial bloggers, those who are in the financial realm, who understand everything about the stock market and this and that. And I'm, and while I, I enjoyed it and I could learn from it, I'm like, I felt like an outsider listening in. They would use all this different kind of lingo, like talking about FinCon and, and all these other things that I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I'm not your audience. Like you're not speaking to me. I'm just kind of like listening in on your little club that you have going on. And so what I thought was neat about what you and I want to do, Jen, is is make this something that's attainable for everybody. That like frugality is something that we can all enter into at different levels to reach various financial goals. And that you and I bring different things to the table to help people at different points in their journey and to hear from others that in the places that we don't know yet or haven't attained yet. Um, so that that's part of what I'm excited about with this podcast. Yeah. And we want to be a place where people can learn together. We, Jill and I are very frugal and we are considered I would consider us kind of like experts in frugality, but it doesn't mean that we know everything and far be it. And we feel like the hive mind is uh, definitely more powerful because you're talking about uh, making your life run more efficiently and everybody's life is so different. And so we want to hear from other people 
how they are being frugal and how it's working for them and what's not working for them. That's another thing that we want to talk about is the things that you hear on the internet and you uh, read. We want to know and we want to share what is fluff and what can just be like red past. And there's a lot of frugal guilt uh, Mm -hmm. when people want to be frugal, but they also want to like not uh, have to unplug their appliances or they want to buy another car. And so I have personally felt that. So we want to just like wade through that and we want to get to a place where we're like living in confident frugality. Yeah. And speaking of getting people involved and hearing from others, that's something that I'm really excited about with this podcast, all the different ways that people can get plugged into what we're doing and have that um, hive mind mentality where, (laughs) where we are sharing, but we're also creating a platform for other people to share and learn together. So Jen, you've come up with some like really creative ways that I'm just excited to see what comes out of it. But that includes having like a Facebook group where we can all be sharing as we go on a variety of topics. Um, One of my favorites that I'm looking forward to is our 90 day frugalizer. So like a challenge that people can get involved with and frugalize their lives in a like step by step 90 day kind of plan. Um, and just other resources that can help us be more intentional consumers, help us to live the frugal lifestyle, live more simply. Um, So there'll be a lot of really tangible resources and challenges, as well as just creating uh, a place where we can talk about this topic and learn from one another and put them into practice and share our triumphs and our failures. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have a lot of trams and we have a lot of failures <laughs> and they're funny though. So just get ready. But uh, we're going to cover a lot of different topics and hopefully uh, the podcast will go on for a long enough amount of time where we can cover every single topic in the world and make it frugalized. So every topic in the world, pretty much that's right. my plans. I don't know if we discussed that. We didn't, but, but I'm along for the ride. Cool. I believe in you. Awesome. But we're starting out, uh, with kind of what we're referring to as the four pillars, uh, like clothing and shopping, your home, your bills and your transportation. So like the things that are, that you cannot do without. So those are the things that we want to help you save money with. And then we'll just kind of, you know, spider out from there. I don't know if that's the correct term, but we'll just go out from there and kind of get smaller areas. But we want them to be as relevant as possible. And so that you can pick and choose which episode you want to listen to, depending on what you need, the time you need it. Uh, If you are jumping into this podcast in one or two years and you're listening to this episode, know that you could, we hope that you can go to any episode and it is a standalone episode. You don't have to go, you don't have to start here and go all the way through. So that's a, that's our hope for this. And we're, our first few episodes are going to be kind of like a bird's eye view of those four pillars. And then from there, we'll just get more specific, more and more detailed. Yeah. And, and weed through 
what questions people are asking too about these different topics so that it's really relevant to what people want to know, what you're curious about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another part of that, like uh, Facebook group and crowdsourcing. The more involvement we get, the more specific we can be with the information uh, that we are giving. Yeah. Nice. Well, Jen, I imagine people want to know who is talking to them. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Where are you from? Give us just, you know, a brief life history, as you like to call it. <laughs> a brief, I'll give you my brief life history. I was born in 1989 in St. Petersburg, Florida. So that currently makes me 28, almost 29. Uh, and I still live in St. Petersburg, Florida. All right. And, because yeah. why Woo! would you ever leave a place that is always sunny and warm? It's it's beautiful. I can't Seriously. lie. I love it here. But yeah, so uh, my husband, Travis, and I live in St. Pete, and I am a writer uh, for The Penny Hoarder, which is a personal finance website. And I also have my own personal finance blog. It's called Saving with Spunk. And I started that when Travis and I were paying off our student loans. So we got engaged in 2015, and we had a combined um, over $80,000 of debt. Um, and then by the time we got married, we had uh, just under 78000 So we spent the first two years of our marriage paying all that off. And we did it, and we have been debt-free for, gosh, a few months now. It, Which is that was so exciting. Oh, yeah. it's so exciting. Uh, so I was a like a frugal convert. I've been frugal most of my life, but what I thought was uh, what I would call frugality back then, now I would call just being cheap. I <laughs> Well, that is a, a distinction that I definitely want to make and go over that more later. But I always thought I was broke. And so I always lived in the mindset that I was broke. And so I was cheap and, uh, I wasn't budgeting or any of the things that you do when you're being a conscious consumer. And so it wasn't until we paid off our debt that I learned how to value my purchases and see opportunity costs and all these things that happen when you pay attention to your finances. So I was definitely reluctant to pay off our debt at first, but once I got on board, it was just like a runaway train. And we paid off $78,000 in 23 months uh, and we've never looked back. And so now we really value the frugal lessons that we learned uh, during those 23 months. And so I wanted to continue to share them and learn and grow. And this podcast is a great way to keep me accountable. So, nice. Uh, Jill, I'd like to ask the same question to you. <laughs> Tell me about yourself and give me a brief life history. <laughs> yeah. So I am also 28. 1989 was a fantastic year for the Frugal Friends. That's very good. Um, not so great for our moms who were laboring us. Um, but yeah, so 28 and I live 
outside of Philly, for those who aren't from the area, for those who are from the area, they're going to be like, you're nowhere near Philly, but. (laughs) (laughs) And my frugal journey, let's see, it's a combination of frugality running in my veins and frugality born out of necessity, which in some ways may have intersected with being cheap at some points in my (laughs) life. Um, My husband, Eric, and I have been married for six years and we own our own business together. Uh, It's like a construction, general general construction business. We primarily do remodeling. And one of the things that we focus on is just helping people update their homes rather than needing to do a total 100% gut of a room. We try to come in and work with what's existing and, and bring that frugal mentality like to our customers as well. Um, and then I am also a social worker. So I am this week getting my master's in social work, graduating, which feels great. Um, and also no, no postgraduate debt um, for for that, at least. I got undergraduate debt, but that's another story. Um, and so my uh, background is understanding the difficulty in budgeting, especially when you own your own business and not necessarily being able to know how much money you have coming in and <laughs> living on a social work salary. So like that struggle is real and I can bring that perspective and, and help all of you who are just like, yeah, no, I get budgeting, but like, what do you do when you only make $10 a week? Um, <laughs> And I got you. I got your back. Um, So yeah, I'm excited because I can learn more, but also I'm excited about Jen, like you and I, the different perspectives that we bring to the table. Like you are very good at being creative, being um, determined and just working hard with your research and knowing what's out there and ways to save money. And I'm more of like a DIYer, um, thrift store shopper. And, and I bring my frugality in that way. So I love that. And yeah, the last time we went to a thrift store together, you were all over the place and found all these great finds. And I, I walked around for five minutes and then sat down at the magazines and just like read magazines and waited (laughs) for you and Travis mostly. Yes. So I understand yeah. Travis's like need to just dig through everything. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, there's buried treasure there, but that's what's so cool about this is that if you're not a digger and you feel like everything at the thrift store is junk, that's okay. Cause Jen's on your side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I can't find the treasures. I know that there are treasures there because Travis finds them. Yeah. And uh, I can't. So frugality is for everyone, not just the people that stop on the side of the road to pick up free furniture. Um, (laughs) There's more than one path. (laughs) Yes. There's more than one path to frugality. And uh, so, but when people are looking for frugality and ways to save money, we know that the first place that you go is the internet. And so- one of our uh, our main recurring segment that we want to do on the podcast is to go to Google and see what the internet has to say about the topics that we're covering because we want to see, you know, what the first few things are up there, what people are going to be getting when they go 
and uh, we want to cover that. Like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to wade through what's already out there Mm -hmm. to glean the Mm -hmm. diamonds and just sweep off all of the whatever else is out there. I say, yeah, take the meat, spit out the bones. That's exactly what I'm trying to say, but I'm a vegetarian. so (laughs) Right, you wouldn't know what that's like. (laughs) That's why I couldn't word it. Okay. Chop off the heads of the broccoli and throw away the stem. Although... There could be some you good nutri- should, yeah. nutrients in the stem, so I don't know. You should know. keep the stems. <laughs> Chop up the stems and also cook those. <laughs> That's a rabbit trail. Anyways, so why not start it right now? Um, since we're just talking about Frugality 101, I wanted to see what the internet had to say about frugality. And I, I came upon two articles that I absolutely love. And we always will link to these articles in our show notes. They'll be accessible in the Apple Podcast show notes and on our website, frugalfriendspodcast.com. So don't worry if you're driving. You'll always be able to access them uh, just at the touch of your finger on your smartphone. So, Assuming you have a smartphone, unless you've made a frugal decision to not have a smartphone. That's so true. Uh Although you can have a smartphone and be frugal. Let's be honest. We both have iPhones. Good point. Moving on. Full disclosure. Uh, So the first one is from um, Mother Frugal herself, uh, Liz, over at frugalwoods.com. And you might hear me reference her uh, many times in the future on this podcast. She is fantastic. I got to meet her and sit down with her for, gosh, over an hour and just pick her brain. And she's lovely. I forgot you did that. That's cool. Yes. And so uh, I love her. She is like the mother of frugality in my eyes, uh, even though that could be debatable to the larger public. Yeah. I was wondering, like, are you naming her mother frugal or did she name herself that? Okay. That that does feel better because if she named herself that, I'd be like, eh. (laughs) maybe maybe that's a cult maybe (laughs) i think we'll link it in our show notes but beware you can decide for yourself (laughs) so uh the article that comes up first when you google frugality is her 19 reasons why frugality is the best thing that's ever happened to me and she has a new book out uh new at the time of this recording called meet the frugal woods and You can kind of get this article on steroids if you uh, buy her book or take it out from the library, which I did. Uh, It's it's really good. So out of the 19, we won't go through all 19 of them, uh, but we want to share our favorites or what we don't like about each and then kind of let you decide for yourself on the rest. Uh, So my ultimate favorite and something that I will refer to like a lot in the future uh, is number one, and that's that frugality helps you identify your true priorities. Mm. And uh, I always think of it like the uh, when you're having an allergic reaction to a food and your doctor takes you off all of these uh, foods that are prone to allergens and then you add them back gradually. And that is what... uh, Liz and her family did. They took away everything uh, and just lived off of as little as possible. Like 
they didn't even count transportation and utilities as like fixed costs. Uh, they just did everything to avoid spending money uh, that they could. And so, and she calls it the Uber Frugal Month Challenge. Uh, she offers that to her readers and it's what they did. So it really allowed them to discover what their true priorities were by stripping mm -hmm. off everything else that they considered priorities, uh, but after giving them up, discovered they weren't. And I find that a lot of my frivolous spending, while it gives me pleasure in the moment, I forget about it like hours later. Mm -hmm. And so can I really count that as something that's a priority or something that gives me joy? And so I always like to put it through that filter. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jill? Yeah. Number four on this one stood out to me where she talks about frugality, ensuring that you'll never be bored. Uh, this is an unexpected one, I think for most people, but when you're thinking frugal and and considering the opportunity costs of your choices, whether that's time and energy or money, whatever it is, um, it it's speaking to this idea of like problem solving and finding creative ways of getting the things that you need or that you want. Um, so whether that's maybe doing a project yourself, that's that that's doable. Not like, oh, you're, you're teaching yourself to like become an electrician or something, but okay, I want shelves, but what if I could build the shelves out of this thing that I have on the side over here? Or, or, I mean, just everything's on YouTube these days. Like you don't mm -hmm. have to take something to a specialist or a professional. It can mean you learning something new or problem solving something out. Um, and, and filling your time that way rather than, I don't know, sitting in front of the computer or watching TV or something like that. Um, I think it does, it gets us more active and then it also like expands our wheelhouse of things we know, things we're capable of, which then builds confidence. And there's just like a plethora of um, secondary things that come along with it that, that are just really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was... There's full disclosure, nothing on this article that I don't like. Yeah. I think all 19 are just very well thought out uh, and carefully written. Agreed. Like, yeah. So um, another one that I really liked was the um, frugality builds community. Mm. And I think it's definitely relevant to right now with our very social media oriented community. And some people will complain about that, but there it's makes like things like buy nothing groups and uh, buying between from like person to person. It makes it a lot easier. Like my friends uh, where I work out, they said they were selling their couch on Facebook marketplace and this couple came over to buy it. And they were like, you guys just seem really cool. And like literally the next day they were hanging out. Mm. Uh, so, and that would have never happened if that couple had just gone to American Signature Furniture and bought a house. Mm -hmm. uh, so in one way, in that way, it, it really like fosters community. Mm -hmm. And then in the other way, like it strengthens relationships you already have, 
when you're going to your friends to borrow something before mm-hmm. buying it, um, not to like impose, like our friends have a double kayak and there's a really great kayaking spot, um, near our house. And so on a weekday that my friend and I had off for some holiday, but they were working, we asked to borrow the kayak instead of renting one mm-hmm. and just doing stuff like that. And then we were able to share like, you know, what we did with their kayak and, and all the stuff it, it, and then now they can like borrow something from us if they want. It just, mm-hmm. it fosters this community that, um, that we're losing mm-hmm. in some manner. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I love that. I agree. And Eric and I have talked about this quite a bit. I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is just with tools. It's so funny to me to be driving through a small neighborhood and see every single person owning a leaf blower and a lawnmower and a this and a that when it's like you're literally right next to each other. Like, what would that be like if, you know, a couple people went in on owning a lawnmower together or that one tool that you're only going to need one time. Like you do not need to go out and buy it, but you can go across the street and ask so-and-so or ask your friend who lives down the road to use that thing rather than spending money on something that you're only going to use a couple of times. And I realize like for some people that's like going out on a limb and you're afraid you're going to break it. And, and am I imposing on them? But I think, you know, when that door is opened, there is a give and a take. So like for people that we have offered, you know, to, for them to borrow things of ours, like then vice versa, like there's a little bit more of like this shared sense of things. And, and then that community, that interaction that you're going to have because of it and you save money along the way. Yeah, you do. Jill, did you have any other favorites you wanted to cover? Um, like you said, I think that there's a lot of good reasons in this article to pursue a frugal lifestyle, but I think gratitude and joy she talks about a lot, like there's a lot of themes through it and how frugality can lead to that. Like when you are more intentional about what you're buying, when the things that you're buying bring you joy or have function to them for your life, like there's a lot more gratitude to that thing that you're using. Like, yes, I spent harder money on this thing because I knew I liked it. I knew I was going to use it and I'm still thankful for that thing. Wow. What a good purchase this was. Like, I don't know. It can sound a little bit hippy dippy, Mm -hmm. but like there is a reality to like, I'm living more simply. Therefore, like I'm also more aware of what I have and how I use it, which then I'm grateful for. And I'm also really grateful for the time and energy and resource that frugality frees up for me. Like there's just a lot, there's a lot more emotional space (laughs) just hand down in this kind of lifestyle. So I would 100% agree with her on that. Yeah. And one more thing about emotional space there. I always think about decision fatigue and how I personally get decision fatigue very easily. Mm -hmm. And frugality uh, almost eliminates decision fatigue uh, by either only giving you choices that are used or that are on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace at the time. Um, or, you know, for various other reasons. So mm. yeah. And there's, there's always something to be grateful for with frugality. Yeah. It's wonderful. Good word. So yeah, definitely, uh, check out Mrs. Frugalwood's 
article. And if you love it, then you can read her book. It's just uh, this article on steroids, as I've said before. And hopefully <laughs> uh, we'll be doing some book giveaways in the future. Um, and I would love for this to be one of those books. So mm. uh, stay tuned with us. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, one more article that I really love is from millennialmoney.com. And you may have heard of uh Grant Sabatier from uh, one of the news syndications, or he's just everywhere. But um, he's been CN CNBC, uh, NPR, and uh, he built up this empire. I don't even know how. He's just a go-getter. And uh, just from day one, built up this empire, and he was a millionaire. He was able to retire early. And at one point, he had spent over $200,000 in one year. And so he went from this frugal guy who had amassed a million dollars to just flippantly spending over $200,000. Mm -hmm. And the premise of the article is that it didn't make him feel better. Um, like he felt worse and he wanted to like spend more wisely by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um what do you think, I, Jill? Yeah, I just feel like there's such tangible life lessons in here. Like it almost feels like the adult version of some kid's cartoon that's like, money doesn't make you happy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my word, we still need to learn that. Um, yeah, it was so, uh, I really... I didn't I didn't necessarily like enjoy that he had this experience, but to some degree, I was very glad to see that somebody else has been there and now they're reporting back like, hey, mm -hmm. guys, like I went to the other side and here's what it's like. <laughs> and and now we can all learn from from that. Um, but I think, yeah, what's key to that is like he forgot how he amassed his money, which was by frugal living. So it was really like an abandonment of himself and and mm -hmm. the things that he valued. And then, yeah, clearly that's not going to bring you satisfaction. Um, although he did say that more expensive wine, he did notice a difference, <laughs> which was interesting to read because yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about I'm, that one. But I'm happy to live in ignorant bliss on that one because <laughs> I drink a lot of wine uh, and I don't want to know what's on the other side. Yeah. yeah. You don't, don't want to know. know how a $120 bottle of wine tastes. <laughs> nope. I don't want to know if I like it. Yeah. But that, you know, one of the things that stood out to me was nothing was a treat anymore be because yeah. he's so indulging himself now on just every single thing that looks pleasing to his eye. Nothing was a treat. So there wasn't that gratitude anymore. There wasn't that simple living. It was just like, I'm going to say yes to everything and get fat off. And then, and then he just felt bloated and disgusting. And like, what am I even doing? This mm -hmm. isn't me. However, another good life lesson from this was his ability to course correct. And, yes. and I love that he stopped and was like, wait a second, what's happening here? This is not what I want. Like, this isn't how I want to be spending money. This isn't how I want to advise others to spend their money. And, and that reality of we can always be checking in with ourselves and it's like, okay, yeah, I made a stupid purchase. Like I just shouldn't have bought that thing. I wasted way too much money. 
and move on. Like you don't have to beat yourself up over like that stupid thing that you did. Like he paused, he said, this is not how I want to be living my life and course corrected. So there, there's just, yeah, a lot of good things in this article for us to learn from. And that's like, Hey, if you've gone way far over the other, the other end and you are so far in debt, Mm -hmm. there's still time. Yeah. And I love that Grant shared his story because his story is probably more exaggerated than what most of us will experience. But I think that course correction Mm -hmm. is the key. It's even if you have a season or a year or a few years where you have forgotten frugality, it's, there's always time to come back. It's never too late. Uh, You've never let lifestyle inflation creep in too far to start being frugal Mm-hmm. or to return to frugality mm-hmm. uh, like Grant did. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just, it's a necessary reminder that this is a journey and it's not a destination. You don't like unlock frugality and achieve it like a, like a video game and then you always have it. It's a journey that we're all going down and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be going down it together now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you are a millionaire, there's, there's frugal decisions that you can make then, um, to spend your money wisely, to spend on the mm-hmm. things that matter, that kind of a thing. So yeah, yeah, this is a lifestyle that isn't just for the poor. Like this is. <laughs> yeah. And I would say it's, it's definitely frugality cannot, it cannot cure like poverty. It's not right. going to, we don't think it's a solution to, to that. And we wouldn't say that it is, mm-hmm. um, but it can help solve a lot of surface problems. And sometimes when problems on the surface are solved, it makes dealing with deeper issues easier. So uh, like we do think that frugality is for everyone, uh, no matter what your income is, you mm-hmm. can always be... Um, more conscious of what you're spending your money on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Uh, frugality is not being cheap. And I know we're going to harp on that a lot, but... Oh my gosh. Before we do that, I want to hype you up for... It's happening. Our next segment that will happen here on out. (laughs) It's it's the the Bill of the Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. The bill of the week. week. (laughs) Get hyped because every week from now on, you're going to get to hear your bill of the week. You're going to get to be on this podcast. That's right. And yeah. All you have to do is call our Google voicemail and leave What's us the a number? message. What's the number, Jen? Jill, I was unprepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get call it. I'll the, get it. You keep talking okay. about it. You just have to call the number <laughs> and tell us what your favorite bill is. Is it a dollar bill you found on the side of the road? 
Is it your cell phone bill that you got lowered with a phone call? Is it a man named bill that helped you uh, change your tire when you got a flat? Is it a duck bill? A duck like, bill. It could know. even be a duck bill. A it run in with a duck bill. Bill. There are no rules on this segment. And we... <laughs> which makes it a little bit confusing, but you're going to love it. Yeah. The more vague, the better. That's our rule. Uh, <laughs> so, it just, you know, it's it just not has live. to involve a bill, some kind of yeah. bill. So, yeah, Jill. What's what's our Google voicemail number? Here it is. 570-995-1540. And again, yes. just for all of you driving, 570-995-1540. Definitely pull over and save it in your contacts. Sa- save it in your contacts. Because you are going to want to give us a call the second Uh you realize what your favorite bill is. B-O-T-W, everyone. B-O-T-W. Save it in your phone. Call us often. Yeah. So we already have a few segments taped. And uh, if you're nervous, you can just wait for the next few weeks and um, see what our first bill of the week sound like. And uh, yeah, give us a call. We want to know spin on it. Yeah. We're all I can explain it is, is that we are hyped. (laughs) So excited. So, and it's not going to be anticlimactic at all. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And the music isn't like annoying whatsoever. It's not obnoxious. It's not. You know, it's not going to get stuck in your head all day. It's it's nothing like that. You're not going to hate us at all. It's going to be fine. <laughs> so that's the bill of the week. It's coming to you starting next week. We just wanted to announce it so that you can be ready. So if you already have a favorite bill, just call. Uh, we're also going to include the number in the show notes, obviously, for people that can't remember those numbers. So, yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Uh, I think it's a good uh, segment. I think it's one of the best things we've come up with. And I, it might have been Eric's idea, but that's okay. This is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Crowdsource. That's what they're calling it these days. <laughs> yep. All right. So to finish off this episode of Frugality 101, we wanted to define our tenets of frugality, what we believe about frugality just to use as a lens going forward. And so if you agree with it, you can hit the subscribe button. If you don't agree with it, then you can move on. That's totally fine. But, but we still just wanted, hit the subscribe button. But still hit subscribe. Just yeah. don't listen or yeah. comment or leave a review. <laughs> <Or> just um <laughs> yeah. But still call in with your bill of the week and subscribe and then and and then become a fan. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we uh, we have just a few things that we believe about frugality that we wanted to share with you. So the first one I'll cover, it's, uh, it's called the law of diminishing returns. And most people will be familiar with it because it's, uh, it's a rule in economics. And gosh, I don't know what the actual rule says on paper, but... 
in my mind, I view frugality through the law of diminishing returns all the time. So what I think is that there is a difference between being frugal and cheap. And so the law of diminishing returns is what defines that. And you can do somebody who is like super frugal or super cheap. You can do all of these like great things to optimize your spending and be a more conscious consumer. And then it gets to the point where you've done all these things. And if you go further, anything else will just be a suck of your time and energy. Mm. Like there, there are things that are really good for you. And then you kind of get to the top of that bell curve Mm -hmm. and then everything else is just kind of superfluous, um, filler in these Mm -hmm. articles people are writing for websites just so Mm. that they can have 101 ways to save money when you don't need 101 ways. You You needed like five, five of those, five of those are good. Yeah. You needed five of them (laughs) and they're going to be different for everyone. And gosh, that's why we have long lists but uh, you don't need 101 ways to save money. Yeah. Actually, you really hit the nail on the head with that law of diminishing returns. While you were saying it, I Googled it and um, you're spot on. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to read the next one? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. So the next tenant is talking about how frugality allows you to discover what you really value. That means that if you are really spending on the things that you want to be buying like things that matter to you things that bring you joy things that are functional um then you'll realize what your true priorities are and where you want to be spending your money yeah and if like quote unquote frugality is keeping you from what you love it's not frugality it's it's cheapness it's being cheap mhm so um our next tenant is frugality is good for the environment and while we don't uh, explicitly do it for the environment, you can't buy your way to green. And the more you consumed, whether it's used or recycled or not, it's the more you're perpetuating the production of goods. So the more you consume overall, and like you can consume smarter, but knowing that regardless, the more you consume Uh, the more you're perpetuating that cycle. So the more conscious you can be and the more frugal um, is, is better for the environment. Mm. Yeah. Another tenant is that frugality refines your taste and style. You'll start to see what you like, what you don't like. Um, You can have better things, even buying used or saving your money for that thing that you really want and eventually stop buying all your souvenir t-shirts and keychains, unless that's what you love, (laughs) unless that is your refined taste and style. Um, but you know, really having that like one jacket that works that, you know, is functional and beautiful rather than 10 and they, for various reasons, don't work and have rips in them and, I might be speaking from personal experience. (laughs) We don't have jackets in Florida. I know. I don't know why I don't live there. That would actually help me in my frugal lifestyle, not need Mm -hmm. to have like 10 different seasons worth of clothing. (laughs) Uh, Frugality also allows you more time to increase your income. 
So I've always said the best way to not spend money is to spend time making it. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So we also believe in uh, increasing your wealth. It's not just about like spending less. While spending less does allow you to work less, uh, that's a great thing. And yeah, who, I mean, who wouldn't want to work less? And you can, you're more capable of taking your dream job if you're spending, like if your monthly spending is lower, uh, you can afford to take a job that you love that pays less. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not going out to events that cost money, if you're not going out and like waiting for a table at a restaurant, you'll find that a lot of time frees up. And the resourcefulness that you'll gain through being frugal can also lead to ideas that can help you make money. So that's another thing that we love because um, Jill and I are both entrepreneurs at heart. And so we think that that really ties in nicely with frugality. Yeah. And our final tenant is that frugality will not make you rich. Wah, wah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, while you can be rich, like you, you might become rich because you make a lot of money. Good for you. Um, but that's not the end game here. Frugality mm -hmm. is about living simply, making wiser decisions with your money, with your time, um, spending money on things that are important to you, prioritizing, all of those things. Um, but it's not about being rich and buying $120 bottles of wine. You can do that. That's on you. Um, but that's not. But like, don't. not. Where the Don't money tempt is. yourself with that because <laughs> yeah. I can buy. We saw what like, happens when you yeah. use frugality to get rich just so you can spend it all. It's not a good ending, you guys. Just keep buying your wine at Aldi and you can buy a <laughs> lot more of it. Yeah. Uh, we that. also can't buy wine at Aldi in Pennsylvania. Again, oh, so I don't sorry. know why we live here. We can do that in Florida. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. You borrow kayaks in Florida. You don't need jackets in Florida. You never have to deal with cold weather and you can buy wine there. Meanwhile, I'm up here and it's April and it's snowing and I need multiple <laughs> jackets and I don't live near a lake where I can kayak and um, I can't buy wine. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is the only yeah. fun I have right now is recording a <laughs> podcast where, where I'm talking to someone yeah. who's in Florida doing the fun things that I wish I could be doing. This is the highlight of my week. Oh my gosh. And Jill is going to have some famous Jill rants. I can tell you that in advance. Jill's rants will delight you uh, as they I, do me. I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> And we're going to record those things and we're going to make other people listen to it. Yeah. And <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they will rant along and not unsubscribe. But <laughs> yeah. if you want to follow along, we would love it if you would hit the subscribe button. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and eventually we'll be available on Spotify one day. Who knows? So hit the subscribe button. And uh, you can visit our website, frugalfriendspodcast.com, to become part of our Facebook group. And please, 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 uh, if you love the podcast, if you tolerated the podcast, or if you're just listening to this and you are apathetic, please leave <laughs> us 
a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, and it is the best way to let other people know about it. And hopefully they'll be able to glean some wisdom um, between Bill of the Week and Jill Rants. And uh, yeah, and we'll be able to help more people and bring more people into the fold. So those are the ways that you can get involved. Uh, to wrap it up, we hope you have a great week. Uh, Jill, anything else? Hashtag frugal, not cheap. Did Hashtag I... frugal, not cheap. <laughs> Did I steal your thunder? Absolutely not. I don't have a thunder. <laughs> but you have a lightning. Oh. oh. I don't know what that means. I made it Neither up do on I. the spot. <laughs> Anyways, we're rambling now. Uh, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Check out the group. And uh, hashtag frugal, not cheap. Boom. Boom. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Suriani.